welcome to Faithfully Unapologetic. I'm Kelly Jean Pittman, and this is my amazing daughter, Jaina Pittman. We are a mom and teen duo, and our mission is to empower others in faith to help them break free from the stress of everyday life. By sharing our experience, we hope to inspire you to find joy, peace, and connection in the craziness of the world around us. Every other week, we'll share the secrets of a resilient heart, and you'll learn how to nurture a strong mind, body, and soul while taking advantage of the divine power of prayer. We're so excited to share this space with all the beautiful souls who are listening today. Welcome, beautiful friends. I'm so excited to share this space with you and with my amazing daughter, yes, Jaina. I'm also here. <laughs> right here. Uh, today's podcast, we're talking about the puppet master, and it sounds kind of fun. And I'm excited to kick off this podcast with the puppet master. Um, what does that mean to you, Jaina, the puppet master? What does that sound like? I think that's a really interesting way to describe things especially when it comes to something like God because they might view him like that but when I think about a puppet master I think about a marionette like those things on the strings and there's like an ultimate controller that is making these puppet-esque marionette move with strings it's a very I kind of find it a little creepy (laughs) it is I think it's a I think the puppets are kind of scary when they're being pulled and moved on the strings I I think think they are are it's weird cutest the marionettes but what I think I hear you trying to say is that they're they're basically controlled by the puppet master they are yes puppet master lets them go and boom they They, fall in a crumpled yes heap Mm -hmm. and so what we're talking about today is we're talking about how god is often i think seen as the puppet master like the grand controller yes of everything and so why i think a puppet sounds kind of fun it makes me kind of excited to talk about i think of the muppets (laughs) puppets and muppets right um that way really what we're going to talk about is really kind of a big concept and it's kind of a really hard concept actually yes and so because I, I have a lot of friends who don't really believe in God, but they have like this image of God as the puppet master controlling everything. Mm-hmm. And so what they tell me, they say, well, if there really was a God, bad things wouldn't happen in this world. Mm-hmm. He would like control it. Like yeah. he's the puppet master. And, um, and if you're feeling that way, I, I get it and I understand it. I mean, and Um, there's a lot of hurt out there especially right now there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of crazy and horrific things that are going on all around the world Mm -hmm. we have access to it now more than ever because of the web and so I get what they're saying you know and my heart aches for all the hurting as well but the truth of the matter is is that God isn't making the bad things happen no and I have friends that say similar things just they will talk about how they have have depression or they're struggling with severe anxiety and it's in their mind it's why would a loving god give that to me or put me through that 
because it's such a burden. And, right. you know, I empathize with them because as someone who does struggle with anxiety, I can see why that would cripple their possible belief in any God because it's it's just a hard thing to struggle with. Right, because of God, it is this all-powerful being who can produce miracles in a second. Yes. Boom, like that. Why am I struggling with maybe what seems like something simple for God to clear up? Whether it's depression, anxiety. I mean, it could be anything, really. Like illness. Right. And so it's a really difficult aspect of God to understand, and it really, really is. So I appreciate all the listeners um, here today, and if you're kind of stuck in this spot, please stay with us because we're going to dig much deeper into who God really is. And what we're going to discuss today is the five principles of God. In order to really have an understanding of who God really is and how he interacts in our life, we really kind of need to understand these five basic principles of God. And so we're going to go into those, but before we do, we do have a Bible verb picked out that we love that talks about God and kind of his amazing powers and how he knows each and every one of us so personally. Yeah, it's really interesting. I have like a ton of ton of verses highlighted in my Bible, but wait, no, it is. Look at that. It is highlighted. I didn't think it was. She didn't highlight it for this podcast, I think is what she's saying. Yeah. We chose yeah. this specifically for this podcast and to start this out with the puppet master because mm-hmm. um, I think the church, from what we get taught in the church, can be confusing. And it kind of makes it sound like God is this puppet master and he controls everything. So why even try to do anything in life, right? Yeah. And I think this is a pretty common verse and some people might refer back to it. It is Psalm 139, which actually, side note, Psalms is a really great book to read if you're getting into faith or just wanting some basic principles of God. Um, Psalm does a really, really nice job of laying it out in Proverbs. Yeah, I I, I agree. Psalms is like just a wonderful, delightful read. Yes. (laughs) So the verse we're talking about, we'll finally get to it, is Psalm 139 one through four it says you have searched me lord and you know me you know when i sit and when i rise you perceive my thoughts from afar you discern my going out and my lying down you are familiar with all my ways before a word is on my tongue you lord know it completely wow boom yeah kind of mind-blowing right it is so to think that god is so powerful and so amazing that he knows a word before it's barely even a thought or comes off your tongue. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I feel like I don't even know what I'm about to say. Like, words just kind of spew out. I agree. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so sometimes like, how can he know what I'm, I'm going to say if I don't even know what I'm going to say? Right, and so with this con- concept, and I think what is often preached in church is that exact biblical verse that it's kind of like, all right, so if he knows me, I think another question that comes up is, then that's my destiny. My life is predetermined, and I have no free choice. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? What are you, Do you have friends that talk about that at all? 
Well, not specifically this verse, but we've definitely discussed in school, like, aside from religion, because religion is not really a thing you can talk about in school, especially Christianity, but I remember in English we were talking about, it was in our Romeo and Juliet (laughs) Mm. unit from Honors English 9, and uh, we were talking about fate versus destiny, like, are you able to pave your own path or is everything predetermined and as a christian i had my views that we had free will Mm -hmm. but you know some other people it's kind of like like i just am living in this universe and everything is predetermined for me i live the life that is given and i end up in dirt (laughs) Which is a very kind of sad wow. way to think about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, like like we're a puppet, basically, right? That's, yeah. So it goes back to this puppet. Like yeah. there's a master puppet, For sure. and we are the puppet, and we have no choice, and we just end up in the dirt with the worms, and our life is as wonderful or crummy as it's gonna be, and that was predetermined yeah. before we even and got here. Yeah, we can't here. change it. Or... And I think that's a pretty pretty bleak view. I guess I might be pretty. De- depressed if I had that view of my life so I guess I'm glad I don't but I know just in talking to some of the youth and some of the younger uh, younger adults I hear this going around that they don't right have a choice of what they do and that everything is just the way that it is yeah and that couldn't be so far from the truth and Mm -hmm. having been on this earth a little bit longer than you have been but just a tad bit i have seen so many remarkable changes and particularly changes that um involve god where i have seen and witnessed stories of people who have done horrific things such as murder and had these horrific thoughts that have found God and God has come into their heart and they've completely changed their lives Mm -hmm. and are living a whole entirely different life than that of their father and then that what they previous lived and a lot of times sometimes that of their ancestors right where this kind of um, lack of choice comes in like if you come from a poor family that stole for a living maybe or whatever they don't have to steal but right but that that's what you're taught and that's what you have to do and these stories are amazing these people are amazing um and the bible is full of its own stories with amazing people who have done very bad things and changed uh, their life for the better and so it is absolutely not true and it's covered by the principles that we're gonna go through the five principles of god if you can kind of understand these five main principles of God, it's going to give you a whole different perception, I think, on life. And so I think let's cut into these well, principles. Well, I first right want to say, yes, I think it's really interesting when people say they, well, they notice the bad things in the world and consciously or maybe subconsciously, most likely subconsciously, they know that it's wrong and that well, it is conscious. They know it's wrong, but if they are longing to be in a world with no depression, no murder, no rape, no hunger, no nothing, it's like, how how do they even know that kind of world exists unless they had some kind of connection to God or knowing 
about heaven. Yes, we were talking about that a little bit earlier. It's right. So a lot of times, right, I have friends that, that are just, I don't believe in God because of all the sadness. I can't believe in a God who would allow this, the, these horrible things to happen, just like you had said. But, right, the question is, how do they know that there's, like, a world that like doesn't... a flawless have, world. Uh, how do they know of a flawless world, right? Yeah. How do they innately know that there's something better? Yes. Because in saying those words, right, they are referencing to a world without that, which dare we call it? Heaven. Heaven? Yes. Like, they're longing. A lot of times I honestly hear my friends longing for heaven, but denying it at the same time. Yeah, like not calling it that. And it doesn't, obviously, if you are aware of those things that are so wrong and you don't want them to be happening, like that is ultimately what God is about. He's about love, which is, we'll get into that later, but God doesn't want those things to be happening, and God doesn't make those things happen. No, absolutely not. And and if this is you, you know, it, it's a tough place to be, and we understand, because we're there, our heart, hurt, our heart hurts, our heart aches um, for all the bad that is out there. And oftentimes, um, people uh, who feel kind of the pain of others um, they're empathic is what it's called and they can feel the pain of others more easily than a general person and it can be really troublesome to be in this world and feel all this pain and so I really honor these people I have a little bit of that myself so I kind of know where you're coming from but understanding these five principles has helped me to put things into place mm-hmm. and so um we love you and support you and we know particularly right now that this is a really tough world to be in for a lot of people yeah and so we're sending our love out to you right now because we're not negating any of that of that's no, going for on for sure for sure but so we would like to start out with the five principles of god and in this we're kind of going to address um the puppet master and how god is not the puppet master no he is not he's not and so i'm going to start off with the first one the first principle of god is that god is love how would you explain god well okay i'm only human so for me describing god would just it wouldn't give him the justice that he deserves i can't fully describe who God is because he is so immense in power and glory and just right but I think a good word like we said is love he's love he loves all of his creatures he loves us he loves every single bird every single star in the sky he just he loves everything that he makes and creates absolutely so God God he is love he so love is a vibration so god is the highest vibration in this universe okay god is energy god is omnipresent god is everywhere Mm -hmm. god is all powerful god is good god is light there's so many references in the bible god takes away the darkness there there cannot be no darkness in god's presence yes so you if you can understand that and understand god is absolutely he's joy God is like, God is heaven. He is like the highest 
version of love, joy, transcendence that there is. Yes. So God is good. He is so, so good. Yes. So one of the concerns are with this principle when somebody is looking at very bad things and the wicked and they're looking at something that's been done. Maybe somebody's been very physically harmed mm-hmm. or possibly even murdered and they say God doesn't exist because this person did that. Yes. Well, they're trying to seek God, but what they're looking at is the wicked. Yes. There are more powers and more vibrations than just God. Yes. There is what the Bible calls the devil. Mm-hmm. It's the wicked. It's a very low energy. And so when you're trying to find God, you don't go look at the wicked. No. God is not the wicked. No. God is not making the wicked do what they're doing. No, because we have free will. Because we have free will, which we'll get into another principle. But I like to say, if you're going to say, I'm going to go prove that beauty exists in the world. Yes. I'm going to go find beauty. And then you go to a dump, a cesspool, a sewer plant, the most polluted river that you can find. It just stinks. It reeks. It's black sludge. There's dirty diapers floating in it. I mean, it is just gross, okay? You can't even stand to be it. You're plugging your nose. You can barely see because the fumes are so intense. Your eyes are shut. And you're like, look at that. Look at that right there. This is not beauty. I don't believe beauty exists because look at this polluted scene. Look at this polluted river. Look at this trash. This is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Beauty doesn't exist. So it's kind of like going and looking at the bad things in the world and looking at the wicked and the evildoers and the lowest vibration that there is in the universe and saying, God doesn't exist. You're not looking for God. You're looking at the wicked. You're not looking for where God is. God is love. God is the highest frequency. God is not in these things. So when looking for God, you have to look at the beauty around the world. And if you dig deep in a lot of situations, particularly even just the story that we shared with um, you, my daughter and I, about my daughter's open heart surgery, there is a a lot of bad things going down in that situation. And um, even people really close to us consider it a bad situation. But they're only looking at the bad, right? They're not looking at the good, the miracles, the beauty. That's where God exists. Yeah, I mean, like, I was the one who went through it and I was able to find the most immense joy and peace that I've ever felt and I was able to strengthen my relationship with Christ so it's kind of a slap on the face to hear people say oh I'm, I'm sorry that happened or that year was the worst year of your life because in my eyes that is utterly so far from the truth right so because you're so I mean, it's amazing. And Janet, you're amazing. I mean, anybody who goes through open heart surgery, it's not a pleasant thing to do. No. But to find that peace and that love and that joy and that healing, there were so many changes. God was in that situation, and we looked at God and what he did and thanked him and praised him and kept focused on that as we moved through, and the situation was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I could have focused on the complications and... 
I I think that if I focused more on the complications during the, that time of the surgery, I think more complications would have gone. Honestly, like, right. Happened. Right. It would be a different situation. We probably wouldn't be sitting here talking to you, but it's like God is love. God is good. God is light. Yes. Right. God yeah. doesn't make evil things happen. God is light. God is love. God is good. Yes. Um, the, the dark power is all fear. All fear. So when you're looking for God, you want to actually look for God. Yes. God is only goodness. God is only light. And God is only love. Mm-hmm. So that's where you need to look and find him. Yeah. And some people might say, oh, you're just being a Pollyanna. Like, you're looking at life through rose-colored glasses. But like you were saying, you're not going to find God in the darkness and the wicked. You're only going to find God in goodness. And if if I want to seek out God, I'm not going to go look in those dark places. I'm going to look in Correct. the positive and the good right. in the world. And even in those dark places, if you go deeper and even like major disasters and 9-11 and different things, there are amazing stories that have came yes. out of those disasters where God reigned and God shone his light mm-hmm. and people survived and people went out of their way to help others and did yeah. um, magnificent things that are almost unearthly. And it's because of the goodness and the power of love, right? Yeah. which is God. It's really ironic because people can point their finger at God and be like, wow, you did all this bad stuff, but they don't really look at him for all the good things that he's doing. It's like, it can't really be one way because if you're blaming him for the bad stuff, who's doing the good stuff? Right. So, I mean, and even you can step out in nature and see all the beauty that mm-hmm. God designed um, yeah. himself. This or if grand. you have a, a good friend or a really close with your parents, like, he made them. They're amazing. He, he's the reason why they are in your life. So God is love. And so that's principle number one. Yes. And so at its very basic, um, if you're going to look for God, look for love. Yeah. And you will find him in love. Number two, the greatest gift that God gave us is free will. Yes. Yes. And I think that might get confusing, especially with the first verse that we're saying where God knows every single word and he he just he knows you completely and he does he knows your fullest potential and he's going to guide you if you let him and you're open which goes back to our how to pray quote a quote unquote pray correctly you have to be open to him in order to like reach that potential but ultimately he gave you free will and you can do whatever you want with that. Right. And so I would say one of the best sermons that I ever heard, and that was like a huge aha moment for me. And this has been decades ago now at a very old church that we used to go to in another town and another house. <laughs> but it was that the greatest gift that God gave us was the gift of free will. And that we get to choose every second of every day. And it's going to build on the other principles, but that's going to determine what happens and so the priest who was teaching this sermon told a story how he used to go with a friend every day and there was this this grumpy crotchety old man every day that they would pass and this man was just almost vile he was mean obtrusive 
said mean things, almost hateful things. And he said this guy that was with him, every day this guy would be like, good morning to you. How are you? It's a beautiful day. I hope you have a great day. And he said like his mouth would just drop open every day because he, he's like, he asked him, you know, finally asked us like, why do you keep being kind to this person? He is so cruel and so mean every day to you. It's like, why on earth do you even spend the time to be kind to him and yeah. say kind words? And he was like, you know what? He's like, um, I have a choice. And he's like, and how I respond. We always have a choice in how we respond. For sure. To any person, anything, any experience. And he's like, I choose love. Mm-hmm. I, I choose to share the love of God in everything that I do. Just because yeah. somebody else is not sharing that love, it doesn't give me the right to spit back at him. If he spits yeah. at me, I'm not going to spit back at him. Mm-hmm. That's not who I am. And that's not how I want to be. And that's not how I serve God. And that's how, not how I show love to others. That is That was like mind-blowing to me. It's like, yeah. wow, we really do have a choice in how we, we do. show up. And so, oh, which that brings me back. I apologize. We um, But I want to go back to principle number one, which God is love, because we forgot the quote from the Bible on that one. And I just want to say the number one commandment that God gives, and this was asked um, when Jesus was teaching, and one of what they call would be a lawyer or a Pharisee came up to him, and was he was actually trying to trick Jesus, and he said, wait, tell me what the most important commandment is from yes. God. And Jesus said the most important commandment is to love God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. And so the most important commandment is love right yes. there. And so then he said the second most important commandment is to love your, love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. And so that is like the principle underlying God is love. Yeah. And I think that if you love God, you're going to find it a lot easier to love your neighbors and ultimately love yourself because as cheesy as it is, you can't love anyone. Like truly, genuinely love someone else without loving yourself first. Right. And so that brings us to number two with um, the free will piece yes. and how that God, how that guy kept showing up. It's like he had a choice how he showed up to, and he's going to show up in love regardless yes. of how they're showing up and treating him. Mm-hmm. So I love that. And we also have a Bible verse for number two, yes. free will. And it's a great Bible verse. And so, Jana, do you want to read that Bible verse? Yes. So, the Bible verse for the greatest gift that God gave us is free will. God tells us what we do with that freedom. And it's it's a strong recommendation, but we have free will. So, he gave us that free will, but he also tells us how to use it wisely. And the verse is Galatians 5.13. He says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love, which I love this because we we are given freedom and we can do whatever we want. Right. It's like you have a choice when it comes down to it um, as to what you do. And so that Bible verse I do love because it does tell you exactly what to do and it says um, to serve others with love and not to indulge in the flesh indulge in the flesh which is the earthly things that uh, pretty much society 
shoves down our throat that we need to be doing. Yes. I think we live in a society where it's all about me, me, me and instant gratification. And If like, I'm not happy, then yeah. it's everyone else's fault. Mm-hmm. I deserve this and I deserve that and you do what I say. Yes. Um, I find it so interesting. I, I Screens is a big thing I try to monitor and watch because it can just pull you in and make you feel good while you're on it but then totally make you crash afterwards and I remember seeing this couple on it was a couple it was like a man and a woman and they were they were just at dinner mm-hmm. but they were both on their phone and I just thought it was really interesting because you know they could be with each other and like get pleasure from that but instead they're indulging the flesh with screens or whatever and like I don't want to be I don't want to judge them because you know it could be like you know a dire situation where they need to communicate with family members about an emergency or you know something important but I just thought it was interesting because that's a lot of a lot of the times what friends do too like at sleepovers they don't talk to each other they just sit on their phones yeah, and so I think, uh, like, the greatest gift to mankind, free will, the second greatest gift is relationships. Yeah, and so is I, loving your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, there's so much joy, the greatest joy. When people on their deathbeds, um, they really think they needed to make more money. What they regret is either the relationships that they lost or what they're yeah. going to miss are the relationships that they created is what's most important to them. Yes, so but we have that free will to be with those people or not to be with those people or you know be on our phones right how, how do you use enjoy their time your time yes. your earthly time here and so free will is important we absolutely have a choice each and every second of the day and that will determine um what happens to us in yeah. our life and so the other principles of God kind of play off of this. Mm-hmm. And so I think, are we ready to go to number three? I think we are. Okay, so number three is the principle of experience. We are here on this earth to actually experience things, experience the physical. We were, God created the physical earth and our physical form for a physical experience. God is almighty and great and so and vast and he's light right and love yeah so it's a very high frequency it's kind of this bubble this abyss of joy mm-hmm. and so but when you have that you're in this abyss of joy and you don't have anything else yeah you don't have to worry about <laughs> it's what honestly lot, you don't have to worry about anything right it's whether what it's I, positive or negative right I think it's what a lot of people on earth here are longing for is yeah. to go back up to heaven mm-hmm. <laughs> their subconscious longing is to go yeah. back to heaven and live in this bubble of bliss where they don't have to deal with experience and yeah. so but that is our gift that is the gift that we are given is the gift of experience and yeah. so to understand it a little bit better and how important experience is is to think about it you can't have hot and know what hot is if you don't have cold yeah so you can't have happiness without sadness right you can't have one without the other because you wouldn't know what hot was if you didn't know what cold was because everything would just be Mm -hmm. you wouldn't 
it's important, right, with happy and sad. It's like you re- wouldn't really have happiness if you really didn't have the emotion of sadness. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because, you know, you think you want to be happy all the time, but you just wouldn't know that you are. Right. You wouldn't know that you're happy then. Yeah. So, right. So then it wouldn't necessarily mean anything. So these... The opposites, opposites give meaning to each other. They do. So, because you can't have up if you don't have down. Yeah. You wouldn't know that you'd be up high in the air if uh, you didn't have down. Yeah. If you didn't know what gravity was and you were stuck on the ground. Mm -hmm. You can't have bad, all the bad things that we've been talking about. Guess what? If we didn't have bad, we wouldn't know what was good. Yeah. We didn't have good, we wouldn't know what was bad. You wouldn't have those moral concepts to, like, go by. Right. And so, you you know, we have fear, which fear um, right now can feel like it's overwhelming. Yeah, ruling. But you wouldn't know what joy is. Yeah. So you can't have one without the other. And that is the experience of the physical form. That is the experience yes. of us, of this earth. And so we do have a Bible verse that we pulled out for yeah. this principle. This one comes from Genesis. It is Genesis one twenty six, And it says, Then God said, Let us make man mankind in our own image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And there you have it. That's where the physical world came from. Yeah. Right there. God created it. Um, But the most wondrous part of that statement is God created us in the image of himself yes and so we are created in the image of the divine yeah we are created out of love mm-hmm. we are that love we really have that capability of love in us yes uh, whether you can feel it or not whether it's covered up and hurt um where some people uh particularly those who maybe live in the darkness um haven't really experienced maybe but it's there because we are all made in the image of god yes but that's where that free will comes in Mm -hmm. where you get to choose your every second of every day in what you do yes and so this experience principle is a very important one to understand yes because that's why we're here because if we went if we didn't have the physical we'd just be in heaven and that's that's seeming what a lot of us are longing for but i think just experience what everything that you want to and it's not going to be perfect or always happy and perfect right we remember but we, you're not going to know the opposite if you don't have the the opposite or you yeah yep and we're meant to go through all the emotions that we have. They all mm-hmm. serve a purpose. There's a purpose for everything. I mean, take so. psychology. You'll understand why. <laughs> She's a, she just took co- what psychology in college Yes. as a high school student. So yes. she knows her stuff. <laughs> I'm so wise. <laughs> <laughs> She's so wise. It's very interesting, though. And it, it's true, though. I think we may not necessarily use those emotions in the... I'm not going to say, like, correct way. Yeah, it would be effective. Yeah, effective. Like, you know, for me, I'm going to use myself because I don't want to, you know, 
know, call anyone out, but, you know, maybe you might relate to this. I, I tend to go into my fight or flight mode a decent amount, and Mm -hmm. it can be over, like, school, and I'm like, I just freeze up, and I don't know what to do, and I just get super nervous, and that's not necessarily serving me in that moment or helping me get done what I'm worried about. It just puts me into a state of freeze and it doesn't help me move on. And so that's where I go to God and he just helps relinquish that fear and helps me get it done. But like I was saying, like freezing up because of a homework assignment is not helping me. It's not the most effective way I can be using my fight or flight. Now, if I was running from a bear, yeah, that's understandable. Right. And so the fight or flight is really a trauma response, which, you know, we can go into a podcast on a trauma at some point. Yes. Maybe. That'd be be a good one. (laughs) Relate it to God. But it is a stress response, and it's very easy with trauma to get stuck in these stress responses that really kind of self-sabotage what we do. And so that works with kind of the subconscious brain as well, which we talked about in one of our earlier podcasts. So everything's kind of interrelated that we talk about it. So it's it's important to kind of understand all these principles because they all connect. Yeah. I mean, God is not just one topic he's multi-dimensional and has so many he's every topic he's every topic yeah you can put god into literally everything right so i that's just what i wanted to say on that because you know we're here to experience and it's not going to be perfect but ultimately and you you're not going to have one right? without the other yeah so. you can get stuck and do get stuck in all these different things and experience all these different emotions good and bad yeah but they're not really good or bad. It no, just is. They're not. It's just an experience. It's just yeah, it just is an experience. So that leads us to number four. And number four is our choices matter. I think this is really Da-da-da-dun. a good one because I think well, I was talking to one of my friends and she was like, Well, I don't understand. We can literally do whatever we want. Like, it's not going to matter because we're just going to end up in dirt. And years later, people are just going to forget about us. We're not going to matter anymore. But our choices do matter. Our decisions matter. And I think it's very important that we are aware of that because everything has a consequence. Whether it's negative or positive, it's going to affect our lives in some way. If Whether it's long-term, long-term or short-term. Right. There's always a cause and effect. Every single thing we do is a cause and effect. What we do creates a reality and it creates our destiny. It creates who we are. It creates our character. And it's very much tied to free will. I mean, all these are interlaced with each other, right? Yes. So it's really, really important to understand this because a lot of people think, whatever, who cares, right? In fact, yeah. we're almost taught or encouraged by society. Just do what makes you happy. Who cares? Whatever. Like don't indulge worry about in it. the flesh. Yeah. Who cares? Don't, don't worry about it, what anybody else says. Yeah, like it'll fix itself later. Don't think about it. You deserve it, right? You deserve to do whatever you want. Yeah. Make yourself happy. It kind of reminds me of Wally. <laughs> I don't know if any of you have seen that, but it's very much like do what you want and live the life you want that you, quote, deserve or whatever. Yeah, I haven't really watched it, so I can't really comment on that one. (laughs) 
I just know that they're all robots. Do you have a Bible verse for this one where our choices yes, matter in this one? I, I think is important. I think this one's really important as well. So this one comes from Second Timothy, and it's the seventh verse. For the Spirit of God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. That is really interesting and powerful for me to hear that phrase. Because in spirit, we are not timid. If you have the Holy Spirit within you, that's like the holy fire. Yeah, you got you got a lot of confidence. And, <laughs> You're on fire, baby, yeah. if you got the Holy Spirit in you. Um, and that that's not a joke there. I'm serious. It may yeah. have sounded like <laughs> We're serious. <laughs> we are serious. The Spirit, my beautiful friends, is not timid. Not timid in any way, shape, or form. It is power. And it's based on love and self-discipline, which self-discipline is kind of a key point here that we need to remember. Yeah. Um, God put us on this beautiful, amazing earth, and he wants us to experience things. He wants us to enjoy ourselves. But above all, he wants us to love him and love our neighbors and to keep that in mind and to have yeah. that self-discipline and serve others and so one is dependent upon the other and so our choices really matter yeah i mean i just have something quick to say about being timid i'm a believer and i have that spirit of god in me and you know sometimes i feel like i i do get timid but it's not coming from god that's coming from fear it is coming from fear because i'm timid often i've been very shy most of my life but it's been a fear that's chased me but I, I just get afraid to tell people about God or express my beliefs because my beliefs go against the grain of what a lot of people preach about. And I, I just get so nervous about that. Understandable. But it's like God gives me that power. And when I do talk about it, that's going to have positive consequences in with my savior and it's going to give me it's going to ultimately end up positive in heaven because i'm serving the lord and doing what he's asked me to and going out and talking about him and just it it's a good thing but i'm scared it's a good thing sometimes and I can't tell you how many stories I have heard that people start out, well, you know, this one person said this. I don't even know their name, but it changed my life. I thought about it, and they eventually changed everything that they did. I hear this story over and over again by so many different people in so many different ways. It was just something that was said. It typically made them mad in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> but they really thought about it because it ate at them, mm-hmm. and then it ended up changing their life because it started making them think differently yeah and so that's really shows just how powerful um, our choices are I mean when you think about it you everything you do from whether or not you get up out of bed is a choice you have yeah. a choice to stay in bed yeah which sometimes as a high schooler I would love to do <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't we all the bed's so comfy and warm and cozy and you know I'm not a morning person anyway so we could stay there. Yeah. But, you know, hey, if you stay there and let's say you have a job and you support the family and you've got kids and a husband or wife or whatever you're supporting this family, you can stay in bed. 
but there are going to be consequences. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to be making money. No. Your kids are not going to get what they need. Uh, you might end up not having enough food on the table. Um, it might alter the health of then your children and yourself. And there are a lot of consequences that are going to happen from you not getting out of bed. Yes. Right? So it everything you do, I mean, that's a simplistic choice, but it, it matters. What if, if you smiled at somebody and helped them? Maybe you held the door. Maybe you bought them a meal. Um, maybe you just said they looked really nice today. And maybe that person was having a really crappy day and no one's ever told them they look nice. There are lots of people out there who have never been told that they look nice. Yeah. And that could have made them feel really good about themselves. So they go to work and usually they hate their job, but, you know, they got this little high and they, you know, are feeling pretty good. And uh, they get their work done early and they go home and typically... They're cranky and tired at the end of the day, but they're still living off that compliment. And they go home, and so instead of hobbling at the kids like normal, and it's like, pick up the stuff, why didn't you start peeling the potatoes, blah, 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 blah. They, like, maybe they smiled at their child. Yeah. Maybe they gave their child a compliment, all because of that one compliment. And then that, in turn, maybe changed that child's life, because maybe things started to be different. And... People might be thinking, okay, come on, one compliment can't, like, cause all this. But you don't know. Yeah. You really don't know. Small acts of kindness and love, and God can take them and create so much beauty from them that really, we really need to think about every decision that we make. And we don't have to trip ourselves up and get all worried, you know, and start clinging in fear because we're doing the wrong thing. But just, you know, what are your choices? What are the short-term effects but what are the long-term effects right before you make that choice yeah and I kind of have an example from more of a teen perspective but all I think both of those both of those could apply well maybe not the job one and supporting a family school but But, yeah yeah there's consequence things say positive negative you speed you might get a ticket you run fast down the hallway your mom always says don't run children teachers say don't run because you could trip and get a bloody nose break your nose who knows yeah so anyway back, back <laughs> yes. to what i was saying yes back to what you were saying okay go i was just you know i could start going on more but go yeah so i i was just thinking that you know theoretically let's say someone a teen a high schooler has a big test coming up or a paper or something something that's due quickly or the next day but they get invited to hang out with friends but they don't, like, they, they're not prepared for the test or the p- paper's not written, but they still really want to go out with friends. They have a choice to either stay home or and finish their work or hang out with friends and mm. possibly not be prepared the next day, not get enough sleep. Mm. But uh, there's always an in-between, too. Like, what you can hang out with them for a little bit. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So... I, I, you, let's say you went with friends. What happens? Well, I have a lot of fun. I <laughs> indulge the flesh. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, or maybe I don't have a lot of fun, and it sucks, and then I, I kind of end up with a lose-lose. But let's say I have fun. I probably won't be prepared for the test the next day. I'll probably be tired the next day. Either it's just not going to there's going to be negative consequences to my actions now if I stay home and I work on the paper or the 
study for the test. I'm going to get more sleep. I'm going to be prepared. And there's always going to be another time to hang out with friends. Right. And so it's maybe good grades, good test scores, getting your work completed. Yeah. Which I'm definitely not saying that's everything in life. But, you know, it's going to it's gonna help you to gain more knowledge. And education is something that I value. And I think it's very important. Right. And it comes down to really what it comes down to is the Bible verse that you read, that self-discipline. Yeah, it is self-discipline to study and do that. Being responsible to your commitments Mm -hmm. and being self-disciplined to follow through. Yeah, for sure. So that is a great example and I love it. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's number four. Our choices really matter. And we can go on and on and have some fun with this, but we got (laughs) to probably wrap up our podcast here. So we need to get to principle number five. And principle number five, I think, is the most beautiful principle of all. Mm -hmm. The most beautiful aspect of God. And that is God can take literally anything, even the most horrific mistake or mistakes, and make beauty out of it. Yes. Now that's like a big one to wrap your head around. It is. It really Especially is. if you believe in like destiny. Because how amazing is that? How powerful is that? How life changing is that? It it's, is life changing. It's like, it's like, the biggest wow factor that I can think of. Um, and that's the power of God. And so we do have another Bible verse for that one. Yes, we Romans, which do. I am in love with Romans right I'm now. I'm also in love with Romans. I feel like I was in love with Romans before you were in love with Romans. Oh, no, let's fight over which book of the Bible we love the best. It's mine, Romans. <laughs> Romans 8:28 says, "And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose." Yes. Amen. Sweet hallelujah. Sweet hallelujah. Yes. What's important about that Bible verse is that God can make even the most seemingly difficult and horrendous situations beautiful. But what you have to do is, what did you read in that last part? It's like you have to call upon him. Yes. It, well. For his purpose. Yeah. Like, he works for the good of those who believe in him who have been called according to his purpose right so you have to believe in him and you can't trick him and not really believe in him and kind of play a game with him and called to his purpose is really asking god to guide you yes uh in his will to do things that really serves other and serves others and serves him yes so in that belief is where the power becomes all powerful yeah i mean like god he knows our potential like i was saying before and therefore he gives us a purpose but we have the free will not to follow it and it takes strength from mom and i every single day maybe calling upon him every minute right every to second realign ourselves with what god to get us back in focus yeah that's what I like to say. I don't know if I've discussed this yet or not. I'm up in bed in the morning. I'm reading my devotions and praise and worship and everything's glory and beautiful. It seems like the minute I put my feet on the ground and barely get out the door, things start happening and I start 
just fallen into normal society and I'm mad and I can be angry and I can be resentful and I can have problems and I can be complaining and I can be hollering at people. And I'm thinking, wait a second, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> just minutes before, I was just in this lovely, blissful moment reading my devotion and thanking God and praising God. And the next minute, I'm kind of this uh, horrific whirlwind of negativity. Yeah. So that's not easy. Don't for one second think it's easy for myself. <laughs> no. It's it's hard to keep God's purpose in or you know, keep him in mind because and it's so easy. We live in the first physical world to experience, but there's so many distractions. Yeah, the physical world is pretty powerful, but yes. not as powerful as God. And again, I love, I can't tell you how many stories of people actually in prison who have changed their lives and come to know God and gone on to do amazing, beautiful things and have these amazing, beautiful families. Yeah. I love those true stories. I mean, God, God can turn around any life. And whether you are, maybe you've like done horrible, horrible things, or maybe you're just kind of on the fence you know that's still very significant in right. the eyes of god and in heaven they celebrate when a criminal comes to god or even like a lukewarm christian really like puts their faith into god again like right. it's all celebration in heaven right and you can be a good person who doesn't believe in god but yeah. there's still a huge celebration yeah when you find home yeah so I think it's time to wrap this up. I think it is. So the answer to the question is God the puppet master. Hopefully we've shed some light and new perspective that hopefully really gets you thinking. Because yeah. God uh, is not controlling us. He's not. And he's not a part of the bad. He's no. only part of the good. And so the five principles. God is love is number one. Good. Second. Second. Is free will. God gave us free will. And number three is experience. We're here on this earth in physical form to experience. Four is cause and effect. Our choices genuinely matter. And number five is, um, like I say, the most powerful aspect is that God can take anything, even the most um, ugly situations, and make beauty out of it. Yes. So before we end this podcast, um, I am going to leave you beautiful listeners with one question and one that I, and I think Jana, you know, try to ask ourselves yeah. daily. If we try to remember, it's really kind of what our goal is. It's like, what are you actively doing today out of love create to create positive change in this world? Yes. Uh, I think that is a powerful question to ask ourselves. I think it is. Maybe write that question down and just, again, we yeah. love journaling and just um, jot down quiet some time, thoughts. Jot down some thoughts on that. So, thank you for joining us. I think Jana's going to close us out with a prayer. Yes. Today, do you want to close this out? We've covered a lot of topics and this has gone on a, probably a little bit long, but it's really important and I think to understand five principles of God and how yes. um, God is really not the puppet master but really all powerful yes so did you want to yeah close us out in prayer so Perfect. join me in prayer however you would like to and let's let's just 
get this rolling. Yes. So, dear God, thank you for all of our beautiful listeners and this beautiful day and time and space to be able to just talk about you and delve deeper into who you are. Amen. God, we know we know that you are love. You ultimately work for the good of others and you just love everything that you have put onto this earth. God, we know that you have the greatest gift that you have given us is free will. God, keep directing us and helping us to stay on the path that you have that you have so tediously planned out for us and just help us to keep us in your heart and um, help us to remember you all the time god you gave us you put us on this earth to experience and we just hope that our experience is one that aligns with you god help us to remember that our choices matter they matter to you and they matter to others. It can affect others in positive and negative ways. And we hope that we just care for your people the best that we possibly can. Lastly, God, we know that you can make everything, everything beautiful. Whether it's the most significant change or, in our eyes, possibly a minor change. But we mm-hmm. know that either way, you are having a time, a party the time of your life partying up there when someone calls on you and Mm -hmm. comes to you god we ask that you just keep you in our hearts and our mind and that every day we are able to make the choice the free will choice that we have been given that we just follow you and are able to listen and keep an open mind amen Amen. Wow. Thank you for that amazing prayer, Gina. You never cease to amaze me. Thank you, Mom. You're welcome. And thank you, beautiful listeners, for joining us today and sharing this time. We are going to sign off now after that beautiful and amazing prayer. And hopefully that has extra charged your day with some (laughs) love and light. And we look forward to seeing you back here again in two weeks. In faith and love. Jaina and Kelly. Bye. Bye.